Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Hello and welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. Today, I want to talk with you about niching and give you 12 reasons to focus on a niche or an industry or your ideal buyer or a market segment. Whatever term you like to call it, it's fine with me. I think about it in the same way I think about a sweet potato and a yam. I realize they're not exactly the same thing, but I'm not a botanist and it doesn't matter much to me when I'm hungry if it's a sweet potato or a yam in the same way it doesn't matter much to me if we talk about it, about niching or your ideal buyer or niching or market segmentation. More or less all the same thing. I realize there are slight differences in the details, but that's not what's most important. What's most important is understanding how valuable it can be to your business to focus on an ideal buyer, to pick a niche and move in that direction. So today I have for you 12 reasons why it's good for you and your business. And I address four of the most common objections that I hear when it comes to niching. So what are those 12 reasons? Let's start with number one. It simplifies your business. You can go from running all over the map and having clients in every direction from manufacturer to e-commerce to a school to a GovCon to a startup IPO type to a real estate investor to suddenly working with one kind of client. And it makes your business so much more simple in all kinds of ways. Number two is that it deepens your expertise. When you focus on a single kind of buyer, on a single kind of client, you deepen your understanding of their problems, of what they're dealing with in their business, of all the things that they're trying to work through, of the solutions that are valuable to them. And the more you expose yourself to a certain kind of client in a certain kind of business or industry, you deepening your understanding and deepening your expertise allows you to create more value for that client. So number three, expertise is more valuable than general knowledge. And if you don't believe me, just go to Google or Wikipedia. General knowledge is free. The more generalized the knowledge, the less valuable it is, the less people will pay for it. But people will pay more, lots more, for deep expertise, especially when it contains insights that are actionable that they can go and implement in their business. So number four, when you create value, it enables your prices to go up. 
Remember that prices follow value and the more value that you can create, the more you can lift your prices. I've covered pricing extensively on this podcast, most recently in episode 211, Pricing for Improved Profitability. You can go back and have a listen there. And if you want a CPE credit for it, you can go over and fetch it on Blake Oliver's Earmark CPE podcast and get a free CPE. You're welcome. So number five, when your prices go up, your margins also go up when you niche. So it's not that your prices go up and your costs go up in lockstep. Your prices go up, but your costs don't rise at the same rate that your prices do. So your margins go up. And if you want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, you can listen to the episode that I recorded with Josh Lance, who has niched into breweries. The title of that episode is Hold My Beer and Watch Me Niche, episode 212. And he is pretty open in that episode about how niching has helped his prices. And he talks also about his costs. So number six, when your prices go up, you need fewer clients to meet your revenue targets, right? Higher prices means for the same revenue target that you don't need as many clients in order to get to that revenue target. So then you can have the same revenue on fewer clients. And that just makes your business feel so much easier because clients can be like keeping frogs in a wheelbarrow, right? They just have their random things. One of them is over here on Sage, one's on QuickBooks, one's on Zero, one's on FreshBooks. And they all have these different little things going on in their business that you have to chase around. So fewer clients just means more simplicity and less randomness. So number seven, your business starts to feel easier because there's just less to keep track of. And number eight, when all your clients look like each other, it becomes so much easier to systematize. It's very difficult to systematize something that looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. And when you can't create a system, and even before that, when you can't create a process, if you can't create a process, you can't create a system. And if you can't create a system, it's impossible to automate. So having clients who look like each other makes it so much easier for you to map out the process, to track it, to turn it into a system, and then look for ways to automate it. You do all these things and you start to get much more time back. I'm going to tell you a quick story about my Tupperware cupboard. That is that my husband asked me what I wanted for my birthday when I happened to be seated on the floor swearing at the Tupperware cupboard because we had tops with no bottoms and bottoms with no tops and things that were square and things that were rectangular. And every time you open the Tupperware cupboard, it was like they all came tumbling out. And then I'd sit there for five minutes and try and get them all nest and put them back in and then just shut the cupboard doors <laughs> and then wait for it to happen all over again. And in a moment of frustration, I went to the grocery store and I got all new nested Tupperwares and I cleaned out all the non-nesting Tupperwares. And I can't even tell you how much space now exists in our Tupperware cupboard. And I don't have to fight through tumbling out Tupperware lids to get to the rice cooker. Now I realize that clients are not as simple and as easily nestable as Tupperwares. But when you have your manufacturer who needs this over here in a giant balance sheet and you have your e-commerce person over there who has all this inventory and all the data that doesn't sync up and then you've got your nonprofit over here who has an I-90 and you've got your IPO starty epi type over there who's asking for planning and doesn't know what to do with the economy the way that it is. These are non-nesting clients. The more you can get your clients to nest, the more space you create in your business and the more mental space you create in your mind. Number 10, 
is that when you niche and you focus on an ideal buyer and you deepen your expertise, you become less duplicatable. Perhaps not an official English word, but who cares? You're less duplicatable. It's harder to find people exactly like you. When you're less duplicatable, you're less susceptible to economic downturns. You're not going to get shopped around on price. Number 11 is that when you deepen your expertise and you focus not just on a certain client base, but a certain problem within your client base, and you improve your ability to solve that problem, you put yourself in a position to sell expertise without having to do any work. This takes a little bit of time to wrap one's head around this, getting paid to not actually do work for people. Because for so long, coming up through the ranks, we were trained that we got paid for work. And in the accounting space, they sell accounting services and you get paid for work, the work of doing the accounting services and doing all the month end close and the reports and all the rest. And not to mention, because expertise is intangible, you look at it and you go, how do I price that? How do I price the intangibles? So it makes perfect sense that this isn't being commonly done. But let me give you an example of a client who I just did some work with, who is an expert in her space. She was already in her niche. A referral came to her and he said, I have a giant mess on my hands. I hired a financial person in my business and they are underqualified and I have a mess and I don't know how big my mess is and I don't know what it's going to take to fix it. So my client and I designed a diagnostic, an assessment, a one-time product with a flat rate. I'm going to come in. I'm going to look at your whole financial everything. I've got to gather all the bunch of stuff and I got to dig in. Give me some time to dig into it. And then I will tell you what size of problem you have on your hands. And I can make some recommendations for how to solve it. And I can probably give you a sense of how much it's going to cost to solve it and potentially make recommendations if you need to bring in a new staff person, who that person needs to be and what they need in terms of qualifications. So she's not doing any of the cleanup work. She's not taking this person on as a monthly client. She's simply assessing the scope of the mess and making recommendations. How we priced it was we started with a baseline. What's the least amount that you'd be willing to do this work for? And then we found ways to add value for the client. And we knew that given the timing, the client really wanted it badly. So we gave them an option to have it in 21 days, and we gave them an option to have it inside 10 days. We also gave them an option to have a written report and an option to meet over Zoom. And if you want notes, record the meeting and get it transcribed. So we created three options, all variations on a theme, and the client went for the most expensive option. This CPA is pricing for her expertise. And yes, the CPA is doing a bit of research and will need to get her hands a little bit dirty. But the thing that she is getting compensated for is her expertise. If you want a little bit more on this concept, you can go back and listen to the last episode that I did, episode 220, where I talk about effortless value, how to price for access, not work. Okay, so a couple more things here on expertise and creating options for yourself in terms of what you price. The more you deepen your expertise at a certain point, you will have enough knowledge and expertise in your brain that you will be able to and likely want to package it in digital form. You can package it in the form of videos, in the form of an ebook, potentially in the form of eventually a vault 
of content behind a paywall that you put on subscription for 97 or 997 or 247 a month, or you could go in the direction of advisory retainer, not retainer lawyer style top up your hours, but insurance style, right? Flood insurance, fire insurance for your house that you pay for whether you use it or not, and you pay for it happily because you know that it's a great deal if ever your house were to be taken out by some terrible event that you're covered. Advisory retainer is a way of providing a kind of insurance for your clients so that they can tap into your expertise when they need you. All right, we're up to number 12. Last one, number 12 is niching and going in the direction of deepening expertise creates options for you in terms of how to create revenue. Okay, so at the top, I mentioned some of the objections that I hear about niching. And those are number one, letting go of existing revenue. Think of this like climbing a ladder. If you wanna climb a ladder, it requires letting go of a rung again and again and again and again. Second one is I won't be able to create future revenue. It feels limiting. Of all the clients who I've worked with and helped them focus on their ideal buyer and narrow their niche, there's not a single one who has gone back to being a generalist. When they focus, they make more money and they work fewer hours. The third common objection is I will be bored. I have yet to hear of a client complain of boredom. The only person who's mentioned it is the great conversation that I had with Brandon Hall where he basically works himself out of a job and then he got bored. I have yet to hear a client complain of boredom and niching. My own experience has been that the more, the deeper I go into my own niche, the more interesting I find it. And I haven't heard any clients complaining of being bored of their newfound free time. And the last one that comes up commonly is that it feels limiting. It feels like I'm constraining, that I'm limiting my options. What I see for accountants who stay in the generalist business model is that the option they have is to work, 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 get more clients. When they have more clients and more work than they can handle, then they effectively buy a new airplane that they staff up with a pilot, load the clients onto the airplane, and then work, 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 get that plane off and running. Then they have more clients, they buy another airplane, staff it up with a pilot, and put that on repeat. With this business model, I still see lots of accountants and CPAs working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Narrowing your industry, your niche, focusing on an ideal buyer opens up more options for you. So 12 reasons to niche and focus on an ideal buyer. Number one, it simplifies your business. Number two, it enables you to deepen your expertise. Number three, your expertise is valuable deepened expertise is more valuable than general knowledge. Number four, expertise creates value and value allows your prices to go up. Number five, your prices go up and your margins go up. Number six, you have fewer clients required to meet your revenue targets. Number seven, niching enables you to clarify your processes, improve your systems, and get in position to automate. Number eight, all of this makes your business feel easier Number nine, it gives you more free time, which allows you to then further improve your systems. Number 10, you are less duplicatable and therefore more recession-proof when you have deep expertise. 
Number 11, you can sell your expertise without doing any work. And number 12, it clarifies who you can say no to, and you get to be selective about the clients that you take on. Go forth and niche, and I will talk to you next week. Hey, remember, if you want to get out of the endless cycle of busy, check out Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind so that you can stop working like mad to compensate for being underpriced. Go to GeraldineCarter.com for more. Have an amazing week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.